Good evening and welcome to Adventures in DeFi Kingdoms. Tonight, this is Raf streaming to you live high above the Keeping the Hot Air Balloon with a brand new microphone. And I have Nindorf with me. How you doing, Nindorf? You're sounding great, by the way. I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the listeners have really been on my case and uh, deservingly so. So uh, <laughs> here we are today. It is uh, February 14th. It's a Monday. Um, Hero Matching Day, as I, I believe it's called. I'll get in trouble for that later. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and we also had an AMA today with lots of goodies in it. So we got a, a packed podcast for all of you out there. Um, all right, so let's first talk about, we got some, some intro items. Let me pull up my notes. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's go to question of the day first. Sure. Yeah, you basically let us off already with a, a mechanics AMA, um, and we'll, we'll get into these details more, but they'd mentioned some tournament-style things for LAN. Um, I think the question on my mind is really, how do we prep for these tournaments? You know, where do we go with our heroes? How many? What types? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, th- I think I'm going to spend uh, much of my waking hour, uh, possibly non-waking hours too, thinking about uh, how I'm, I'm, I'm going to prep for this. Well, we know a few things to, to be true. Um, and we'll get into this a little more later, but uh, the, the first kind of hero combat for land is going to be challenging stats and that's something that you know we've been talking about and and expecting for for a long time on our podcast i think the the second thing that's going to be true is you know we um and although they did not say this in the ama today but we believe that combat's going to be based around a party of three heroes and so having having some balance to your heroes is, is going to be really important um and then I, I guess the, the third thing that we'll, we'll get into a lot more later, uh, but traveling is going to be this interesting dynamic that makes there kind of an opportunity cost for who you're sending where um, that that I think will actually have a pretty big impact. Um, and, you know, we, we got to be considering that into our calculus. So how about you? What do you think? Yeah, that, those are some really good points. Some of those I hadn't even really considered much. Uh, I think for me, what it really comes down to is it's becoming more and more obvious that if you can afford more than one squad of, and like I said, you know, wild speculation, we're assuming three heroes. It just seems like a good number. Um, but it seems like a set of three good heroes isn't going to be enough if you want to participate in a lot of what they have planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think in my mind, I'm trying to say, all right, well, now I want to get to six or nine quality heroes. And then, of course, you got your mid and low tier underneath that to, as supporting characters so like what i'm realizing is maybe i have two or three really good heroes i like right now i think i need to get that to six is kind of where i'm at yeah i i, I think you're right also to be thinking about it in, in squads of three and so figuring out who pairs well together and who how did the the different stats complement each other um you know there's some great resources out there speculating this um and what well, you know i'm spoiling all the podcasts here but uh, <laughs> you're going to to east denver uh at tomorrow and I, i'm hoping you know maybe you can sneak in some uh some, some super secret questions for the podcast here uh, you know i'd really love to know more about how the combat system is balanced that's something that hubert referenced um several amas ago uh actually i think that was the last game mechanics one and that it was that the hero classes are 
are balanced for combat. And what exactly does that mean? I, th- I think that's um, that's still something that's that's on my mind, and it's you know kind of puzzling me a little bit. You know, is it a giant rock paper scissors cockroach contest, um, or is it you know a little more like you know I, I in in my um, you know kind of PvP games past, uh, I think a lot about Pokemon. Um, and you know how you have different type advantages that, that really play a big role. Um, and then the moves that you have uh, have different typing that can be super effective, uh, normal effectiveness, not very effective, and even zero effectiveness against other characters. And you know, could they incorporate that into the game? You know, where uh, pirates have super effective damage against you know a warrior because their their bullets are piercing armor. You know, something like that, or you know, or maybe it's the other way around where, you know, a monk has uh, the ability to, you know, heal the party, cure status ailments, and you bring them out, then you sub them back um, to get your uh, your paladin tank back out there. So I, I, there's so many different ways that my head's spinning right now, and, you know, I can't say there's just one particular way that I, I'm setting myself up beyond I am summoning a lot with, with Gen 1s and the recent uh, airdrop buffs definitely helped encourage me to do that yep no doubt all right so let's transition into uh discord and dev dive talk a little bit about the projects that we have going on uh first off giant thanks out there to guy kid uh it's been recently promoted to an admin on our discord channel and he's given it a complete facelift um so send him a thank you note in discord um you know, really amazing work. Uh, really appreciative of what he's done. Yeah, I agree. It looks great. I mean, I think it's a lot more organized. You know, that you can better get uh, information by category. It's all stuff that needed to happen. And uh, we, as more new people to Discord, didn't necessarily have the time or know how to even accomplish it. So, yeah, absolutely, we really appreciate that work. Yeah, and it's you know we're starting to build out our Discord community, and I think that's something that you know. Our main intent is we want to have another resource for people who really care about questions like we just discussed in the question of the day. Like, how are we going to prepare for combat? Um, that's the kind of conversation that we want to generate on our Discord. Uh, so uh, thank you to Guy Kid for, for making, that, uh, making that a reality. All right, next we want to go into to payment system. We talked about this a little bit during the last podcast. Wanted to refresh it again. We're still having problems with the Anchor payment system. And so uh, we are going to be moving to a on-website payment system um, if you want access to the hero alerts and um, to the, uh, the deeper levels of the, the hero matching. And so that's something that we want to give our community you know, plenty of advance notice on. We're probably going to have about a month gap. Our, our goal is to not double charge anyone through this entire process. Um, and, you know, we, we might actually be pushing that forward and, and getting that out sooner than later. Uh, Nindorf, I know you had a couple different ideas that you were kicking around. Do you want to kind of go through that? Yeah, I, I think um, for now we'll probably suffice to say that maybe when the time comes we'll put out another, like, vote in the Discord channel on maybe what ways people prefer. Um, obviously we can't make everybody happy and we'll do our best to accommodate anybody, you know, um, and I, I think I would say we'll look forward to that. And that way you and I kind of have, you, we collect our thoughts, see what's possible and what's available. Um, and then we'll see what the community thinks. Definitely. 
Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, you know, our goal is, you know, we need to cover cover the cost of the website, and um, I, I think this is something that is, as much as possible, you know, we also want to keep creating uh, free tools out there for, for the community, and, you know, if you are going to uh, su- support us, we want this to be as streamlined as possible. It needs to not be a pain in, in the rear for you, so... Uh, thank you also to to our listeners out there for your support. Um, I mean, it really means the world to us, and really keeps us us motivated to keep going. All right. So um, next, we had a on Discord. One of the things that uh, Guy Kid put out there is a is a vote on uh, kind of the, the direction of development that we have going on. Nindor, if you want to walk us through um, what. What are we looking at? What did the people say? Yeah, I'll pull it up real quick. So we had, it ended up, we get, got it to seven categories of just kind of things that people had suggested or I had on my roadmap. And it's like, you know, as it built out and more and more people were uh, suggesting things, which is great, by the way, keep the suggestions coming. We'll, we'll roll as many as we can in. Uh, it was just too many to get to at once. And I was like, you know what? Why am I picking these? Why don't we just let the people kind of pick and we'll, we'll migrate where people want to see new content. And so uh, I guess I have to thank the community for basically making a tie and doubling what I want to accomplish in short term here. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. You know, that means that there's some good content coming. Uh, so the two that tied effectively uh, were adding more information to the hero comparison page um, somewhat similar to what the hero bot does kind of sucking in some of that information too. maybe adding additional coloring for more mutations down the uh, recessive chains and possible if you're going to summon maybe a summoning comparison percentages uh, window also Um, and I think that's that's totally doable I've even kind of started on that in the side a little bit with some excel sheets to make sure I can kind of replicate the math that hero bot does and I want to be telling the same story to make sure I have all my math right for that one uh, and then that another one that tied with that is um, adding a combat corner page, which we talked about in the past, which, you know, my goal for that page, I'm almost there, too, on this one. So this is great. I think you guys chose the ones that I'm, I'm closer on. Well, but uh, I want to be able to You put your address in. And here's your list of heroes. I want you to be able to, you know, say, hit the checkbox next to three of them, and boom, the, your radar chart just kind of fills out where, you know, these three heroes that you've picked are super magic heavy, and you can see that um, if you get into some physical damage realms that you might be hurting. Uh, you know, and kind of play around with selecting different heroes, even different rarities or or whatnot. So, so yeah, basically more hero comparison information and a combat corner page are, are the top two on my list, and I hope to get some of that stuff out um, here this week yet. So stay tuned. Yeah, that's fantastic, especially with the, you know, the the advent of um, hero quests or land, excuse me, land quests coming out, and now knowing that, you know, having that that combined stats information is clearly, um, you know, the the basis of uh, the the first iteration of PvP combat. So uh, pretty cool. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, State of Heroes, uh, something that I just wanted us to cover a little bit. Uh, there's obviously a ton of heroes in the game right now, and um, it, it feels like the, the price floor of heroes is, is sinking a little bit. I want to know, how, how are you doing with summoning? Are you in a uh, holding pattern? Are you in a summoning pattern? You know, what's kind of your, your current approach to, to the market right now? <laughs> 
Sure. Um, yeah. So I had been, um, I had just finished up. We've kind of started referring to these as a crew. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of the lingo that we'll, when we find two pair, you know, a pair, sorry, a pair of 10 out of 10 gen ones. to run through, you know, say the first five summons with, we'll refer to that as our crew. Right. So I had just finished a crew and, you know, so then you end up with seven heroes um, and you, hopefully you get some good uh, summons out of that and you have some to keep and can add to your hero stable. Or otherwise you kind of end up selling, you know, if you get a bunch of Steve's, well, you kind of got to dish them. And as we sit here right now, the hero floor is 38 jewel. So, you yes. know, you got to really, you got to think about it, right? Um, yeah. We kind of, it, it helps a lot that when we have our turns with the Gen Zeros that you can make a Gen 1 for usually around, well, it depends on what the rental fee is, but usually around 80 jewel. Um, so that helps a lot, you know, because you got to then add all your summoning fees. But I, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I am still summoning. Uh, I'm currently just finished up with the crew, so I'm, I'm looking for the next parents, if you will. So uh, I'm sort of trying to sell a few that I'm not going to keep. I have a couple that I made that I will keep, especially with some of this combat we've discussed. I want to keep more rare advanced plus heroes um, on order here. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm still summoning where it makes sense, but I'm, I'm not going crazy either, I would say. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been trying this uh, this strategy as well, and you know, I just got done with a uh, the first five summons on a uh, a warrior knight pair, and you know, I'm not sure if I had good luck or bad luck uh, with with the results. It was something I, you know, I was actually getting pretty excited about my luck early on in um, my first few summons, and it, it really peered, petered out at the end, getting a, a few <laughs> warrior fishers. Um, yep. a common warrior fishers that you know uh, obviously are selling. I, I mean, I think warrior fisher you got to sell under thirty eight jewel <laughs> in order for it is, to go. Is that Todd the warrior? We decided. I think. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. If there's any Todds out there. Yeah, <laughs> Todd, Todd the warrior, Steve the pirate. Yeah, sorry, Steves and Todds out there. We we like you. We promise. Um, and so if we need to come up, uh, so our yeah question for for our listeners, go ahead and and give us uh, names. And you know we need some diversity in here. We need some girl names. Uh, going That's on, right. so uh, help help us out on on Discord. Shoot us some names on on the uh, the lousy heroes that show up, and you're just yeah, you know you you want to cry yourself to sleep because it's like oh my gosh, I, I know I lost at least X number of jewel because of that. Mm-hmm. All right, anyways, I, I digress. Um, you know, so I I got done with my uh, pair of a you know a warrior and a knight, and you know one of the things that I felt like I was also battling is. I purchased them about two weeks ago when, you know, these these Gen 1 peers were going, you know, anywhere between 100 and 130, depending on how bad the uh, the purchase bots wanted to screw you that day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now we're at we're at a place where, you know, I picked up a, a pure, you know, for like 88 Joule the other day. Um, wow. And now I'm out of money, though. So, or <laughs> at a Joule. So... You know, Jewel's I mean, been converted to heroes. Yes, it, it sure has. I, you know, every podcast, I feel like I'm at a new all-time high. So we'll see what happens. You know, I've also been a little hesitant to sell um, with the with the airdrop that you know it's the snapshot is sometime today, uh, probably late at night. Um, and so I'll, I'll see if I can sell some more. You know, maybe tomorrow. But then, like you said, now there's a few heroes that I was. Uh, 
you know, you know, actually starting my next pair of a monk and a, uh, a pirate going for that that ninja class. One's a forager, one's a fisher, um, and so I feel like I got a pretty high chance at you know coming up with some def- decent offspring. And one of my mm-hmm. first pulls was a a five of five rare ninja forager, and I haven't gotten. Yeah, I tried to price him around the floor, uh, which a couple of days ago was around two hundred and twenty jewel. He didn't go. And I've been questing with him, of course, and now I'm starting to wonder, do I want to list him? Because he could be, you know, being a rare, he could be decent for, for combat. Um, I don't know. What do you think I should do? Yeah, so I, that's kind of funny because that's the, pretty much the exact same pull I started my my uh, one of my previous crews with as well. And it, it just, it takes great because first of all, a pull like that and the number one summon really takes the pressure off. You're in the money, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm still holding my uh, five of five rare ninja. I got two because it's the same sort of deal. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was I dip your toe in the market a little bit, um, and then it's like you know what? Actually, he's got a couple runes for me. It's, it's funny, mine's a forager too, so it's literally almost an identical pull. Uh, and uh, I'm just gonna hold because he's yeah. he's getting he's paying off, and he'll be once he hits level five in you know a few weeks. I think he'll be a solid hero. You never feel good if <laughs> if they go right away when you list them on the market. You know, it's a little bittersweet. It's like it's great to have that jewel in your pocket, um, but at the same time, you're like, "Oh, did I price him too low? <laughs> Could exactly. I have done better?" Uh, so it's it's you know that that constant balance. All right, um, so that's our our Gen One strategy that we've been working on, um, and of course, that's really powered by by the alert system. Uh, being able to buy those, uh, you know, Gen 1s, and then matching them, uh, trying to find that ideal pair and that ideal match. So next thing we want to talk about a little bit is uh, Gen 0 giveaway. Um, So unfortunately, one of our first winners never responded on email, which probably means uh, they did what most people do for a King Sumo tournament, um, or King Sumo giveaway, where they entered every single email they had under the sun, and the one that won is an email that they don't check often. Anyways, uh, yep. we have we have a new winner, and uh, we're trying to find a a time that that lines up for us and a time that lines up for them. Um, and so we're probably looking at uh, three or six days from now. And again, uh, now is uh, February fourteenth, uh, Monday in the evening. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to that, that listener. I hope it's something we could stream, but, uh, based on how my, uh, OBS studio crashed the last time, uh, it might be something that, you know, we just end up recording and then, uh, we post live later on. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's good to, you know, it's just kind of fun to sit with, uh, with the winner and you chat with them a little bit, uh, see, you know, what they're hoping for and, I think there's value, and it's just kind of it's community building too, right? So I think we should try to get that out there if we can. Yeah, and I feel like I'm learning a lot too. Like I, I feel like the the IQ of our Discord channel is raising my IQ just <laughs> just by hanging out in there. So uh, I mean, we've we've uh, we've brought in the right crowd, so it's it's pretty neat, uh, and I feel like I'm I'm learning from from the team there. All right, so without further ado, the amazing nuggets inside the AMA notes. All right, well, let's start with uh, kind of the slow one. 
the first thing they talked about was, and I should say, I am reading Sandwich Punch's notes. Um, I had a prior engagement today, and you did as well. <laughs> and so we're going purely off note form and what we saw in conversation in Discord. Uh, we were not there. So uh, we, are, we are at the mercy of, of our research at the moment and our interpretation. Uh, Dex voting. And so they've recently voted on a new protocol sounds like to me to to stabilize um what coins will be considered to be on the decks and why um you know as uh lackluster as this item might seem on the surface it's something we kind of actually we had a, a really creative uh question from one of our our uh, actually now an admin titan tom on on our discord talking about what role does uh, dex play in the game we're still trying to come up with a an intelligent response um, to to match the intelligence of the question, um, but I, I feel like uh, you know the the stability they they're putting or the efforts they're putting into creating a stable dex is really important. And so, although this is kind of slow from a, a gameplay standpoint, I think it's really good to have this structure in in the back end, and, and the way they do voting protocols as well. I, I really like it. And, you know, it's a it's a community project. And so, you know, people vote on what they want and those voters are investors in this project. And so in in a way they're also really listening to to what people have asked for out there. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. Um I, I've been meaning to do some research on this as well. Um and kinda of as you alluded to, we're just not we're not really there yet. I think it's a great point though, and it, it's kind of bringing up it's the concept of an antithesis against the game. Like we're all really bullish about that. And, you know, we just want to, it's easy to get your blinders on. So you kind of have to have that healthy skepticism of anything you invest in. And so I think that was Titan Tom's point was like, you know, how can we be sure we're, we're basically making the right decision, keeping our assets in this game. And, uh, and I, and I love that concept. So, you know, stay tuned listeners. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best to come up with, as you said, a, a, an intelligent response. Uh, and try to get some some good thought provoking discussion. Maybe one of these next podcasts. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next item, a lot of uh, shrouded mystery here, but the perilous journey. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and bring up the the exact notes from the AMA. Perilous journey, and this is uh, Hubert mentioned this. We will talk about this a lot more in detail at the event. And I believe they're referring to ETH Denver, which takes place tomorrow. But to give you an overview, there was a promotional video about what happened. Someone in Crystal Vale arrived in Serendale. So now they are aware of Crystal Vale, but they don't know how to get there. So there's a call for heroes to help chart a path to Crystal Vale. This will involve hero burning and a lot of unique rewards that I think you guys will be excited for. If you ask questions about it, we're... We aren't going to answer them in this AMA. This is coming very soon. Um, so, I, I, what do you think about this? I mean, this is a, a a giant drop in terms of content. So, let's let's hear what you got. Yeah, I mean, it it's really funny. Um, one of the the, lab, the Crystal Vale sneak peek, they literally showed a card like on fire. So we kind of figured this was coming, uh-huh. uh, and I think it's great that they actually kind of confirmed it. And, and, you know, as we were sitting here talking about the hero floor being at 38 Jewel, and I don't think I've ever seen it at 38. I've seen it at 39 before, but, I, you know, it that's going to be a mechanism that's going to help uh, keep that at a reasonable 
value. And I say reasonable, and I guess the sense that what you spent to create that here, you're able to get some of it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's great when we have really low hero prices for entry-level players to get in, but it's very difficult when you have people who have invested into it uh, and if they do get a bad thumb, and you, you know, if, if the floor price were to continue dropping to like twenty jewel, I mean, you know, the cheapest one you can create here is thirty-two jewel. So you're taking a sizable hit. So I think personally, I, I love this mechanic, and I think it, it needed to happen because you you can't just infinitely create heroes. You know, I mean, it's just that model doesn't really work. It's kind of like crypto coins that some of the cryptos where they create and inflate their coin and they make more and more all the time end up having problems sometimes because you just you've got reckless supply right so you have to have a dampener on that i think this is a, a great way to do it it's it fits into the story it's uh it's logical i love it <laughs> yeah it a turn to borrow from my pokemon days again um uh, in, the, in the mobile game pokemon go i called it the uh, the pokemon grinder where you would send send your Pokemon out to quote unquote research, and they would return to you as candies that you could feed your other Pokemon. So a pretty <laughs> morbid outlook on on how you how you do that. But again, you know, a method to you know a game balancing method that is tried and true out there. I'm sure with lots of other games in the marketplace. So um, I, yeah, I, I'm really excited about the Hero Grinder. Um, so so kind of my reckless speculation here, and I'll. Have you give me your thoughts after I, I share? But I think you know you're going to send um, heroes out on a, a boat on a trip, and I think there's going to be like X percent that you know three heroes or four or up to three or four heroes don't make it back. And just like you send six heroes out on a quest right now for mining, foraging, or fishing, or gardening that you would send an X number of heroes out on the boat quest and that you always know that you might have a few heroes that die off along the way. And so I think there's going to be some strategy to, you know, if I'm going to send my mythic over there to Crystal Vale, I sure is, you know, shooting better have some cannon fodder in the way <laughs> to make sure some the Steve, the pirate or Todd, the, uh, the forger, or excuse me, uh, who is Todd again? Is he? Oh, Todd I think the, uh, the warrior. Todd the, we're gonna go with. Yeah, Todd the Fisher fall off the boat first. Um, yeah, I, the I red shirt in Star Trek, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite memes of all time. Oh boy, I'm I'm really going off the rails tonight. Um, well, keep going, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Scotty from uh, you know the the Enterprise series uh, of Star Trek, or no, yeah, the first series of Star Trek. He says, uh, "Lady." You think I? You think the Scottish are tough? I'm the only red shirt who's made it through all all the episodes. Um, so yes, uh, yes, the red shirts in Star Trek, um, Steve That's the great. pirate, and uh, you know Todd the warrior. Who you know we we need some cannon fodder to go go overboard here. So what do you think about that mechanic? That you, you, there's going to be some risk, and you got to make sure you send some of your um, less than desirable heroes uh, over to Crystal Vale. Yeah, I think um, this is, like I said, it'll help the hero floor price because I can imagine if, if, say, you're down to just your good heroes and you know that you have a chance to lose, say, two of six, I could see legitimately going and buying two floor heroes just at that moment, just in time, if you will. Insurance. You know, to, yeah. Right. Yep. And and then uh, I, I there's 
there's got to be, you know, is there a, a reward or do, do you get a, uh, some compensation on the other end for losing here? Like is, does someone, does Crystal Vale pay you tribute for your lost warrior? You know, I don't know. We'll, you know, there's, we'll see how that turns out. I, I definitely think that that mechanism's in place. Yeah. He says this will involve hero burning and a lot of unique rewards. I think you guys will be excited for. So clearly nice. the, the journey itself is going to be worthwhile. So Gosh, you know, it, it's kind of challenging because, you know, something else. And, I mean, let's just go ahead and segue into land. Um, so it's, it's going to start to release, and we'll talk about that uh, PvP style in just a second. Um, but they also reference that there's, you know, 949 lands available here in Serendale, and that there are more lands available in Crystal Vale. And so we don't know the timing of when lands in Crystal Vale will be available, uh, we know for sure there will be professions over there, and from the sounds of it, it sounds like there are going to be other resources that you can get in Crystal Vale that would uh, be more scarce or completely not available in Serendale. And so there there will be value to you know risking that journey and sending some of your your good heroes that. It could be very talented at uh, uh, acquiring those resources or in the future, the land that's over there in Crystalville. Yeah, I, I can't wait to learn more. Honestly, this is one where I don't even know where to start speculating because it's like the, you know, it's so wide open yet. So, you know, we all got to stay tuned and watch those AMAs and let's, let's enjoy every bit of it. Yeah. All right. So the next major point is land tournaments. And they say they're in the works. Can't give you a deadline, but as far as the way it's going to work, it will be our first foray into PvP, so player versus player combat. It won't be full combat, but it will be PvP in a simplified tournament where it will be a stat-based and will be based on a best-of-seven match. It will allow us a, a starting prototype of things that we need to do for the combat system. Um, we'll need to be able to display what happened in the combat interactions in a sequential approach. This allows us to do what gives players something fun to do and compete for land ownership. Um, so, I, gosh, I, this one is like, wow. Um, you know, really kind of opened my eyes and got me super excited as we talked about in the question of the day. I think this is something that, you know, we thought um, this was going to be uh, this is something we talked about on on this podcast. We thought this was going to be their first foray. Is is exactly this where you challenge stats and be stat based combat before it gets into a more complex system. Um, so I, I know we talked about this uh, a little bit and covered it already. Um, if you're all right with it, are you okay with uh, moving on to the next section? Yeah, let's go. All right, let me bring up my notes again. All right, so the next section I want to go through is traveling. And, you know, I, I, I don't want this to be an I told you so podcast, but I feel like you nailed this one on the head too, where they talked about traveling having an opportunity cost to it. And that when you travel to another spot on the map, it is going to require some kind of trade-off or opportunity cost. It could be in stamina, it could be in time. Um, and they mentioned, you know, they currently are first... Ex so I'll just go ahead and read what uh, Penguin said. As far as things in the pipeline, Hubert mentioned the Perilous Journey, land tournaments, combat system, and another thing in the pipeline is travel. So we have a big, beautiful map with the art development worked on um, in the first expansion, the 100 lands. One thing that 
we'd like to have with that is the ability to move around it and do quests specific to a region and fight enemies in those regions. To do this, we need a good travel system that is blockchain compatible. There might be some mockups that may get posted in the voiceless chat. And so there's an image over in DeFi Kingdom's voiceless chat. Go check that out. Ideas and technology here is pretty novel, so we're excited to get this out to you. And so it's clear that you're going to have to send your heroes around the map. And I think one thing that's a little different than what we expected is based on the distance from the keep that they have in this little image that's shared, that it seems like you know even in small travel distances that you see even within the 100 plots of land that are already released, that you're going to have to pay a travel cost. Um, and do you think, my first question for you is, do you think that traveling will have a variable cost to it? And that, you know, traveling a uh, to a shorter distance will take less time or have less opportunity costs or less stamina, so on and so forth? Yeah, so I, I guess what, I'll just equate it to things that I've seen in the past. You know, I, I forget what game it was exactly, but um, maybe it was like a, it was a civilization builder. It, I forget which one. But basically, you know, you would send your armies across the map and it would take so many turns, if you will, to get the armies across. And then you could also, you could invest in the land and put roads in. Uh, and then you could shorten the travel time. And so now my, my mind is spinning. Like, if there's a travel cost and I own that land and I build roads, do I get to collect that travel cost? You know, so these are the sorts of things that they said they want land to have value. And if you own one of those lands that's right outside the keep and people are traveling those roads constantly, like that would be a huge source of income, I have to imagine. So that's where I'm at right now. That's the big thing that's on my mind when we talk about travel and costs. It's, it's you're paying the road tax, you know. <laughs> We're going to start calling Nindorf uh, Travelocity here because (laughs) I think you hit the nail on the head with this one, just like your first prediction. Um, You could not be more right. Go to those previous games, man. You know, there's been so many great games in the past, you know, 20 years. I feel like we just got to recreate the best of them. And I think that's kind of what DeFi Kingdoms is doing. They're taking the best games and trying to pick pieces and make the best summation so that's kind of what leads me to this stuff yeah and so actually that segues me nicely into the next point so they talked about land being associated with some kind of resource management system where heroes contribute to gathering resources you know land being available for guild systems they talked about you know if, if your guild has multiple plots of land could potentially the size of your guild actually have a cap to it uh depending on how many lands you have um, and, and mentioned that there is a ton of utility for the land in the future. I, I think you're onto something here. I think that's, that's brilliant. And, you know, for a landowner in the future, you're going to have some trade-off decisions. Like, do I want to spend my own resources as a landowner building better roads that people want to, you know, go through my path? Or do I want to spend my resources, you know, creating a better mine or a better fishing pond? you know, something, or, you know, maybe people construct uh, armor or weapons on a building that you have on your land. And so I I think there's going to be just that that ton of flexibility in the future that, you know, we all have to look forward to. Yep, absolutely. Seeing how this builds out is going to be 
very interesting and you, you know it'll be very profitable and we've heard the devs say that so right and your heroes ready very scarce as well yeah so the, the next point kind of speaking of armor and items uh they talked about crafting and so um here it is. Dagmore has been heading up a crafting system for us. Level 10 profession quests have been somewhat delayed uh, because we're trying to get some of the resources that we'll be using the crafting systems built into the game. And so something that, like, I, that wasn't on my mind of something that's uh, coming so soon, um, but I think definitely plays into land being more valuable and then as we'll talk about here in a moment in PvP, um, also items, weapons, things like that having a, a bigger role in the game. I also uh, hope, yeah, absolutely. I also hope that maybe there's an opportunity to balance some of the professions as well. You know, pretty clearly you have uh, mining uh, far and away the, the best profession in the game for, for most, um, or most with Lockjewel. Um, and then, you know, the, the other three, you know, depending on the amount you have locked in the gardens are either equal, um, or, you know, gardening could actually be even better than mining for you. Um, and so it, it'd be nice to see some balance to those professions, maybe in, you know, how many items or the kinds of crafting items you could get. All right. So, um, you know, they they made another note on, on hero ROI, and I, I think this is something that, you know, they continue to harp on, that um, while they're interested in keeping a balanced um, cost of entry, they're going to be introducing mechanisms like the scholarship program in the future that they don't care so much about the hero, R, uh, excuse me, the hero floor price as much as they care about heroes themselves having a return on investment um and they haven't mentioned you know like what that time frame is but I, I think that is something that's important that that will continue to play into their development of the game um not a lot to talk about there we we've covered this one before anything you want to go over though no no not this time i think i think i you nailed it we, we've kind of hit this point and well if there's any more like real data we'll, we'll get it to you guys oh all right, so next we got some major nuggets on combat. Um, I'll just go ahead and, and read some here, uh, some of the notes from Sandwich Punch again. Each class has its own skill tree that you can pick from. So it will be a game of what is the best combination, and we've never had the intent for genetic skills to be the primary way to gain an edge over higher-ranked classes. And so a lot to unpack here. The question was about, um, you know, what about the genetic skills that we're just learning about? And again, that's active one, active two, passive one, passive two. These genetic skills have the ability to mutate. And I, I think the question was based around, you know, are how does the value of older heroes work before we knew that that was in place? Um, and then also, like, is are we just going to... Do we need to target transcendent genetic skills as the way to go in the game? Um, and it sounds like there's going to be... You know, they, they play a role, uh, but are not the only item. So I'll, I'll continue here with some, some notes and then get your feedback on that. Um, so we will also have equipment and other items. There will be a lot of moving parts. 
a weapon you might have could give you an advantage, or there will be armor. There won't be any one piece that is the complete solution. So, what is your initial reaction, Nindorf, and you know how is this impacting your your thoughts on combat? Yeah, so I I think it leads me in a couple places. I think you know a now we've got class skills in the mix that we don't know what they are. So it's obvious that there's going to be some classes that are maybe going to deal out you know buffs or debuffs or crippling things, for example. And then you know I. I never really considered this until today, but there's a class called the Summoner. Gee, I, I bet he's going to summon creatures to help you. I, I just don't know why I never actually like really thought about it. So I think that's going to be a thing. Maybe he, you know, he creates an army of minions that you can kind of, uh, you know, maybe it's the the meat shield, right? You don't need <laughs> a, a big tanky warrior if you have a summoner. Maybe he can create a shield. So. And then you know you combine that with equipment or amulets that might provide boosts. I mean that yeah, this is this is shaping up to be quite a complicated system, and it, it you know, and that's great because now it's not all about who can, who has the uh, the mythic dread knight, right? You know, maybe he's got his weakness, and if you know that you he's out there, you can set up to counter that weakness, and you know, you, to give yourself an edge with maybe just an advanced class you know what i mean so i i, I think this is great i think I, I can't wait to to see how all of this plays out yeah so let me ask you a serious question here would you rather fight 100 horses that are the size of a bun bun or would you rather fight one bun bun that's the size of a horse uh, <laughs> i don't know horses can be tamed i don't know about bun buns those things could be crazy for all we know they could be absolutely feral. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think um, that's that's an interesting thought on the summoners. And, you know, I, I, I like that kind of idea, you know, that they could create some some meat shields for you that really evolve some, some complex elements into the strategy that I'm looking forward to, to finding out more about. So the, the next item that, that I pulled out from the AMA notes kind of complements that very well. Um, they talked about how genes and subclasses could play a role in combat in the future and reference that, you know, um, or not the genes, but the, the stat boosts. Um, and so your blue stat boosts, your green stat boosts, those might have some kind of contribution to, um, to combat in the future, as well as subclasses could play a role in the skill tree that you have available to you. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, and I know you and I have talked about this before that subclasses right now are, are, you know, they contribute towards your stat growth, but are otherwise pretty ho-hum when it comes to how we, we've been including them in the calculus of, of what you do. So, uh, what's this mean to you? Yeah, I think you're right. I think they had definitely taken the back burner in my mind, the subclass, you know, I, it's kind of run the full gamut as we learn more. I feel like originally we were saying that, oh, you know, before the professions had come out, we're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe professions aren't that important. And then, then they were the most important. And, you know, and then, uh, the, the blue and the green genes were the most important to go with the profession. And then it was like, Oh wait, maybe these, these hidden genes are the most important. And now we're like back to subclass. And I, pretty much what I'm realizing is that everything is important. And the more match you can get between all of the items, the better you'll be, but we just don't really know what matches yet. So, uh, 
I, you know, it's kind of funny to come full circle on some of these items. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what I'm learning is the devs know what they're doing, and they're going to create a nice, balanced, complicated system. So I, I think that's going to be great long term. Yeah, and I, I think the skill tree is where you'll probably spend your skill points as well, don't you think? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, there's countless RPG games out in the world. You know, this is absolutely you know not a, a novel concept by any stretch. Um, and so I think that's that's the right place for the skill points to go and, and how they'll, they'll complement the system. All right, so uh, you're traveling tomorrow morning. Where are you going? Yeah, so I, it's kind of funny. Um, I just had a, I had a work trip that just come up last minute, uh, <clears throat> sending me to, to Denver tomorrow until the end of the week. And I was like, wait a minute, I kind of feel like I saw something on Discord saying that that was ETH Denver this week. So I went and looked up, and sure enough, yeah. So I'm, I'm I would really love the opportunity to um, to to stop by. I know the DeFi Kingdoms; they have a, a delegate of people that are there. Um, I'm really hoping I'm able to attend, you know, at least in the evening hours after I'm done with uh, the at the Fiat Mine, if you will. Um, but uh, what I'm noticing is that it seems like passes are hard to come by. So. You know, I'll, I'll let you know what I find out, but I, I'd love to to be able to do a little bit of a meet and greet, and you know, maybe get some inside info. And we'd love to invite one or any of the devs on our podcast too. So we'll see what we can pull off. But um, I, I just got to figure out how to get that pass so I can get in. You know, or I'm gonna have to find a back door or something. All right, listeners who are going to eat Denver, um, help help Nindorf get in. Uh, you know, shoot him a, a message on Discord. His Discord information will be at the, the bottom of the show notes. Or, you know, I know you like beer, and there's some pretty good breweries in the town. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, maybe you could go grab a beer somewhere with someone. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I, I will say I, I loved going to the, the Coors Brewery. I never enjoyed a, a Keystone as much as I did straight from the tap <laughs> of Coors itself. That, that was good. Just a special way to do it, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, good luck on your trip tomorrow. Uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Safe travels, uh, and that's it for us uh, today on on the podcast and Adventures in DeFi Kingdoms. Any closing notes from you, Nindorf? Uh, I think the the only note that I really have is that um, with all of these complexities, and you know, we're, we're trying to do our best to predict where this game is going to go to give you our listeners, you know, a heads up or a a head start if possible. Um, we'll keep doing that, whether it's even a person, you know, a face-to-face with the devs or if it's just through some analysis and our history with games. But, um, yeah, keep keep listening, and we, we love hearing from you guys in Discord and sending us these suggestions on the site. So keep it up, guys. We'll keep building this community. All right. Well, thank you very much on behalf of uh, Nindorf and myself. We hope you guys have uh, uh, plenty of success out there questing, and uh, good luck, friends.